Hey everybody, before we jump into the show, I just wanted to take a few seconds to wish everyone a very, very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. For many of us, this is a very special time of year. I hope that you're around the people that you love and cherish the most. And as we wind down this uh, 2017, I hope that you're able to reflect back on a year that was powerful and uh, groundbreaking for you and a and are looking forward to a 2018 with whole new heights and whole new hope and whole new vision. So we'll jump into the show, but I just wanted to take a second to wish you a very Merry Christmas. High blood sugars, elevated triglyceride, low good cholesterol, high bad cholesterol, diabetes. Doesn't that sound like 80% of every person who walks into a doctor's office? But could they all be connected? Hey everybody, Aaron Wenzel here, and I'm the host of the Concierge Medicine Show, where we bring you the conversations that you need to be having with your doctor in 30 minutes or less each and every week. Welcome to episode eight. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something called metabolic syndrome. You know, in other episodes, we've discussed at length this concept of insulin resistance. I've even gone as far as to call it the most important concept for you to grasp in all of health. Um, Before we go further in today's show, I want to briefly give you an overview of this, this topic of insulin resistance, because I honestly believe that it is the most mismanaged, misdiagnosed, and undertreated phenomena in all of healthcare. Let's dive in for a quick recap about insulin resistance. If you remember, when we talked about um, insulin resistance in previous episodes, I I, I first framed this out for you by saying that uh, as a living being, we need energy. And and because we're humans, we require uh, nutrition. And specifically, the nutrition that we crave the most, not because it's the best, but because it's the most readily available easily used for energy and easily stored as energy for later is called sugar. And that by eating things that raise our blood sugar, although we meet our energy demands very quickly, by the way, to stay alive, uh, we then have mechanisms in place to save that energy for longer term storage uh, to be used in famines. Only in today, there are no famines. Um, so, We then move into this question of, well, what do we do with excess sugar when we eat it? Because we eat so much of it, uh, both in hidden and free sugar. Our bodies don't want diabetes, but they certainly uh, don't want you to be low. So we have this really narrow window of blood sugar that we need to maintain. And we have this incredibly efficient mechanism for taking extra blood sugar and making fat. And in order to do that, these high sugar levels trigger an insulin response from our pancreas. Insulin shows up, sugar lowers, and we go about our way. The challenge becomes when we always have elevated blood sugars because we always eat things that raise our blood sugar, we always have insulin present. And over time, this 
chronically elevated insulin level begins to get ignored. And it sounds trivial and you could push it aside and say, oh, well, that's an interesting phenomena. But this is where the road splits. This is where we go from normal, healthy nutrition and human beings who are thriving, disease-free, and the fork in the road is that the disease processes begin in line, seemingly connected. And this all happens because your body starts ignoring the insulin that is present, leaving your sugars elevated, leaving insulin present, and the longer it's present, the more it gets ignored, the more it's ignored, the higher your sugars get, etc., etc. Then one day, you become diabetic. Diabetes doesn't happen overnight. You don't, have, it, you don't one day become diabetic. Diabetes is on the far extreme of insulin resistance. You have normal and then a progressive worsening of insulin resistance until you get to diabetes. And it's this concept of insulin resistance that I really wanted to kind of quickly review before we dive into metabolic syndrome, the topic of today's show. So let's get into the show. First, I want to I want to frame for you this word syndrome. I know a lot of you have heard that. A lot of you may even use it. You certainly hear doctors use the word syndrome and we throw it around all the time. But I want to get clear on what a syndrome is. A, a, a syndrome is nothing more. See, doctors like to name things. Okay. We, we, we go to school a long time and we find a lot of pleasure in putting a label on things and we name it. The challenge becomes when we don't have names for things, when there clearly exist, there are some symptoms um, or some experiences that definitely exist, but we don't have a name for it. We'll call these symptoms that are lumped together a syndrome. And so what is metabolic syndrome? That's a really good question. It's a group of symptoms or conditions that we find due to a particular metabolic phenomena. And, 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 and so what, what are these symptoms? What are the conditions or symptoms that we find in metabolic syndrome? There are several. Number one, waistline. You know, as an aside, your waist circumference is one of the most interesting and most underrated data points for your health that you have. And I know that this might sound silly, but the data is clear. There is a direct correlation to all cause mortality. In other words, all of the things in the universe that can kill you, it all gets worse if your waistline is greater. So it's one of the criteria we use in diagnosing metabolic syndrome. In men, waistlines greater than 40 are a criteria. In a woman, it's greater than 35. So the first criteria for metabolic syndrome is a waistline greater than 40 in men and greater than 35 in women. The second criteria are triglycerides. Remember back from our nutrition talk, triglycerides are nothing more than fatty sugars that are created biochemically in the presence of insulin due to excess blood sugar. Remember, it's that intermediate step. Sugar, triglycerides, triglycerides get put into fat. Triglycerides greater than 150 on your fasting cholesterol panel are a diagnostic criteria for metabolic syndrome. The third criteria is HDL. This is 
are good cholesterol. I teach H. We like it as high. H high, as high as possible. This is cardioprotective. The challenge is when it gets low. For metabolic syndrome, the diagnostic criteria for men is an HDL less than 40. For women, it's an HDL less than 50. The fourth diagnostic criteria is hypertension or high blood pressure, but it's not as high as you think. High blood pressure above 130, the systolic number, the top number, or greater than 85 on the bottom number, the diastolic, 130 over 85. I'm here to tell you the amount of people who are walking around this planet with a blood pressure of 130 over 85 or greater is staggering. And the amount of people who are being told that that's high is stunningly low. So the the next criteria is hypertension. Greater than 130 over 85 is a diagnostic criteria for metabolic syndrome. And the last criteria is a fasting glucose. So when you haven't eaten all night, typically fasting would be defined as nothing to eat or drink greater than eight hours. That sugar number, if it's greater than 100, is a diagnostic criteria for metabolic syndrome. So here you have these five diagnostic criteria for this phenomena that I'm talking about called metabolic syndrome. How do you get diagnosed with it? You need three of the five. So any combination of increased waistline, increased triglycerides, suppressed HDL, uh, blood pressure above 130 over 85, or a fasting sugar over 100, you in fact have metabolic syndrome. But in the back of your mind, you've got to be at this point asking the question, well, Dr. Winslow, what is the metabolic phenomena causing this syndrome? Insulin resistance. When your body ignores elevated blood sugar, and this is way before you have diabetes. This is how somebody can walk into a doctor's office who hadn't been into the doctor in, I don't know, some long period of time on no medications and literally walk out on four because they have all of these conditions that are at play. And if I were to ask them, most of them would say, hey, do you have diabetes? Oh, no, no, no. My doctor said I was borderline. What in the heck is borderline? Borderline is insulin resistance. And if you have insulin resistance, you are on the path to this metabolic syndrome. This is why so many people have got all of the same diseases. This is very, very, very interesting. But insulin resistance is at the root. My frustration is that nobody's talking about the problem. We treat, we have billion dollar drug industries and brands built around treating the symptoms of this, of this syndrome, but very few people are attacking the root of the problem. And that is insulin resistance. So So why is this a big deal? Why is insulin resistance a big deal? More than just the fact that you'll get metabolic syndrome. What does this really mean? So insulin resistance is a phenomena that if left alone, which most of the time it is, totally ignored. Remember I said it's the most misdiagnosed, undertreated medical condition on the planet. And I don't think there's anything more important than addressing this issue. But it's a big deal because insulin resistance always gets worse. It does not 
just get better. You have to do things. You have to impart energy, effort, and resources to turn insulin resistance around the other way. That's one of the reasons why this is a big deal. The other reasons are just obvious extensions of the, the, the diagnostic criteria. In other words, if you've got a big waistline in a man greater than 40, we're knocking on the door of obesity and all of the obvious implications of obesity. Obesity is directly linked to 13 cancers. Obesity is directly linked to heart disease, stroke. Uh, obesity is directly linked to sleep apnea, um, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we don't want that. But if we leave it alone, it's going to get worse. It just does not magically, your waistline does not magically shrink. Uh, elevated triglycerides and reductions in HDL. And uh, these are direct, direct, uh, directly correlated to your risk of heart disease and stroke. Look, there have been hundreds and hundreds of well-done, beautifully structured heart uh, disease and stroke risk reduction studies. And although sometimes the data is a little bit conflicting about what you should do, what you should not do, I promise you one thing that is not confusing is the direct linear correlation between a suppressed HDL and elevated triglycerides and heart disease. If you have a low HDL and a high triglyceride, you will have a heart attack. This is a big deal. And so metabolic syndrome is kind of that, oh, you know, I got borderline cholesterol. I got borderline, yeah, yeah, my waistline's a little bit big. You cannot blow this stuff off. Not to mention the diagnostic criteria of high blood pressure. 130 over 85. Listen, before medical school, I would have told you, I guess that's normal. I think it's kind of normal. It is not normal. It might be normal in the sense that it's common, but it is not where you need to be. 130 over 85 is just the floor of the problem. If you know anybody that has high blood pressure, or maybe it's even you, you'd say, gosh, I wish I had a blood pressure of 130 over 85. This is how far we've gone sideways on blood pressure and understanding the importance of the long-term consequences of having elevated blood pressure. Clearly, I don't need to point out the risk of stroke and heart attack uh, in having elevated high blood pressure for long periods of time. But there's things like kidney disease, heart failure. This is a really, really big deal. I would go so far as to say that 80% of all Western diseases, in other words, every disease that you can think of, know of, or have experienced either directly or indirectly is connected not kind of, sort of, maybe in a roundabout way, but directly to metabolic syndrome with its roots in insulin resistance. So with all of this, what are the conversations that you need to be having with your doctor so that you can put yourself in the best position to be the healthiest you that is possible? The first conversation is obvious. How do I shrink my waistline? If you're like most folks, you're walking around and you've been putting on that anywhere from two to seven pounds every year of fat, no matter what you do or don't do. It just always seems to be getting bitter, bigger. If you're a guy you, in the back of your mind, you can't remember the last time you put a size 32 blue jeans on, right? It's every couple of years, you, you know, you got to upgrade. This is a really big problem. And conversations with your doctor about what are some tips 
tricks, strategies about lowering or shrinking this waistline are going to be critical for you. Um, There probably isn't one thing that you can do that will be more beneficial in shrinking your waistline than addressing the underlying likely issue of insulin resistance. And again, just reverse engineer this. If you're asking, well, how do I know if I have insulin resistance? I can't even get three seconds with my doctor to have a real conversation. I understand. But this is why this show exists. You need to know what you're looking for so that in those three seconds you do have with your doctor, you can get right to the point. Go right to the criteria. What's my waistline? Great. Well, if I've got a waistline over 40, I only need two more criteria. And if you're on high blood pressure medicine or cholesterol medicine or sugar medicine, you've got metabolic syndrome, which means you have insulin resistance, which means it's being under-treated. You've got to look at the underlying insulin resistance. If treating the insulin resistance is the most important thing that you can do, then by extension, the most important thing that you can focus on is fixing the diet. Because if you eat things that raise your blood sugar, you are putting yourself in harm's way because the only way your body has to deal with elevated blood sugar is insulin and your body ignores it. So we've got to fix our diet. It is the most powerful thing you can do to shrink your waistline. And frankly, all of these conversations you're going to have will all have fix the diet, fix the diet. And then you say, well, Dr. Wenzel, what, what diet is best? And I'm not here to promote any particular diet. There are a million ways to succeed at this. But whatever path you choose, it has to be centered around very strict carbohydrate control. Not because carbs are bad, but because because carbohydrates raise your blood sugar. And it's not even that it raises your blood sugar that's the issue. It's that that raised blood sugar triggers an insulin response and you ignore it. And that is the root of all 80% of diseases. I hope this makes sense. Fix the diet. Got to control the carbs and you got to have high fat content. It's that combination of low carbohydrate load with adequate amounts of fat that leave you full, leave you full of energy and no need for insulin in the exchange because you're burning fat for fuel. We'll go over this in other shows. Please reference some of the other shows uh, where we talk at length about nutrition. I think you'll find some value there. Uh, Lastly, for the waistline, obvious, right? Add a fitness plan. Does that mean you need to go out and be CrossFit, super fit? No, No, just increase your activity level. Let's get some quick wins. Let's get you some movement. Let's move the needle. Um, towards a healthier you. So that means if you're a total couch potato, get up, walk, go check the mail. If you're already a pretty active person, add some intentional stretching or resistance exercises two, three times a week. Just increase what you're doing. But no amount of exercise will outdo your bad diet. You gotta fix the diet first. The second conversation should be around your blood pressure. And look, I... If a guy who's going into med school doesn't think 130 over 85, and frankly, by the time I was even done with residency, if you would have told me 130 over 85 is not ideal, I would have told you, have you seen my patients? (laughs) Listen, I know it's a tall order, but this is achievable. the, The whole point of focusing on your blood pressure is that if in fact you have a blood pressure greater than 130 over 85, 
It just means there's more work to be done. That's all. It means that you can improve. It means there's a better you. It means that you can get that down, which will give you a better quality of life and a longer life down the road. Um, The big take-home point here for you is just around don't ignore your hypertension. Don't just say, oh, it's borderline or, oh, it's okay. Please chat with your doctor about specific targets and goals and ways that you can reduce your blood pressure below 130 over 85. The third conversation is around an elevated fasting blood sugar. I cannot tell you how many people I've met that I continue to meet when I ask them pointedly, are you diabetic? And their answer is some form or variation of the following. No, I'm borderline. Or no, I'm pre-diabetes. Or I'm sure you've heard these things. Listen, these are all just really creative ways of saying the same thing. If you if you don't have a normal blood sugar, you're on the insulin resistance spectrum and you your sugars will continue to rise. If you have a fasting blood sugar over 100, this is a problem. Diabetes. To diagnose diabetes, all I need are two fasting blood sugars separated by two weeks of 126 or greater. So if... A, Less than 100 is normal, and 126 is diabetes. Can you see the window? It's so tight. This is a monster, monster deal. This is, this is huge, and I, I will go so far as to say it is the holy grail of health. Stabilizing your blood sugar. If we could do one thing in the entire universe, if I could do if I had a magic power and I could make the whole, and they said, Dr. Wenzel, you can do one thing to improve mankind. It would be stabilize humanity's blood sugar. And I can prove to you scientifically that 80% of Western diseases would disappear. Gone. Because at the root, fueling the flames of obesity and all of these diseases is elevated blood sugar and insulin resistance. And so this is a big, big deal. Do not blow over or push aside borderline diabetes. You have got to get really serious about this. It will save your life. It'll add years to your life. Um, and again, just like hypertension, fixing your diet first is the very, it's, it's the biggest ax you can swing that will make the greatest difference. Obviously adding some physical activity will certainly help. But if you're at the point where you're looking at medication, this conversation about your blood sugar with your doctor really needs to involve addressing your insulin resistance. The best medication that I know of to treat insulin resistance is metformin. Metformin is a drug that you can take uh, up to 2,500 milligrams a day is the max dose. And it, the reason it's such a great medicine is that it works at the root of the problem, which is it increases insulin sensitivity, which is the opposite of diabetes. And you very rarely, I've never seen it, get low blood sugar episodes. And if anybody knows about a blood, low blood sugar episode, they're terrible. Nobody wants to experience those things, but it treats the baseline problem, which is insulin resistance. If you're already on metformin, I would have a conversation about, is it safe to go to max dose? If you're not on it, I would suggest getting on it, right? Metformin can be a great, fantastic tool. Um, 
listen, the, the, the big take-home point is don't ignore borderline sugars. The fourth and last conversation is around addressing your cholesterol. Uh, I go in-depth in a cholesterol talk in uh, episode one of the show, uh, and so I won't belabor the point. Um, but the take-home point is, is that cholesterol alone is not the problem. It's the details of the cholesterol that matter, specifically as it pertains to insulin resistance. It's this elevated triglyceride number and a suppressed good cholesterol called HDL that puts you in direct path for heart attack and stroke. But again, it's all being caused by insulin resistance, virtually all of it. And by fixing the insulin resistance, you'll see a flip in your lipids, which is what you want. But maybe you fix your diet. Maybe you reduce your waistline, you fix your blood pressure, you address all of your insulin resistance, but you've still got numbers that are putting you in harm's way. This is when and only when you should be having a conversation about adding other cholesterol medicines, mostly like statins. Statins are the most common medicine to use for discrepancies in your cholesterol. And I think at that point, when the diet is right, the exercise is right, you've reduced, you've reduced your waistline, etc., etc., and you're still left with a, a vulnerability there in your, your cholesterol, you've got to specifically say, what are my triglycerides as low as they can be and are my HDL numbers as high as they can be? And sometimes statins can help you move uh, that extra little bit. This is a huge topic, um, and honestly, we've just scratched the surface. Even though this is a recurrent theme that has shown up in several episodes, this is really a topic that can't be overstated. Um, I hope that you guys can see by now, you, you can't guess at this stuff and get it right. Like you, and, and frankly, in the current medical environment that we live in with the health delivery, healthcare delivery system that we have, you can't just rely on a window of opportunity for you and your doctor to have these conversations. You have to create these. And I want to be, I hope I can encourage you to create those moments, but not only have those moments, but give you the tools to specifically ask for the things that will give you the greatest benefit. Um, and so with all of that we've talked about today, I just want to, here are the two big take-home points. 80% of all Western diseases, including metabolic syndrome, all come down to this concept of insulin resistance. We have to deal with the fact that our body is ignoring the natural mechanism to process excess blood sugar and insulin, and that it is in that resistance that all of these diseases that we fight lie. We've got to attack the root, and it's insulin resistance. And the second major take-home point is that by making diet priority, you can cut through all of the nonsense and get right to the root cause, specifically focusing on diets that are severely limiting, very much scrutinizing every carbohydrate that you put in your body. These are the diets, along with diets that have high fat and moderate protein. These are the ideal type diets to get you to eat things that give you the biochemical environment to win. And that's what I want for you. Listen, I hope you enjoyed the show. It is a tremendous honor to have your attention and to be able to teach you. I hope it added value to your life and that you're able to take these conversations into your doctor's office 
and really start moving the needle on your health and experiencing some of these health breakthroughs that you want and frankly that you deserve. Um, hit the like button on this video if you're listening on iTunes, uh, on a podcast, please subscribe, um, leave a comment. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, again, please like, share the video, leave a comment, question. I love the engagement on all of these uh, f- platforms. If you prefer the written word, the show notes of this show will be on our blog. Um, and again, I, I hope that this was really valuable to you. I hope that you go out and get them this week, and we will talk real soon. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for watching the show. I'm sure it goes without saying, but I feel compelled to share with you. Obviously, I want to help uh, as many people as possible. Um, But before you make any medical changes, please, please consult with your physician. Don't do any of this on your own. Um, You don't want to put yourself in any harm's way. And um, again, thanks a bunch for watching the show. If you have any questions or comments, again, please leave them and we'll get back to you. Take care.